Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 12. Here's Pastor Ryan. I wonder how many enemies are kept at bay in our lives that we do not even know. I mean, Jesus created all things seen and unseen. I mean, how many times has Satan asked for you and I? Or his minions? Just let me have them. Let me get at them. Let me get at her. But God is that restraining, loving fortification. Nothing gets through. I had a crazy dream three days ago that a king cobra, a white king cobra snake was like outside my door and my dog Tozer ran out and in my dream, obviously I was uh, worried for his safety and the cobra bit him, boom. And I woke up and I was chatting with the wife and I said, you know, Tozer's part of the family now. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we got to pray for that guy. Because he's a PK or PD. <laughs> Where's Pastor David? He's a PK dog. Yesterday, I went jogging around the, the park in front of my house and I knocked on the door. Ms. Clarissa thought I was upstairs, so she didn't know I was outside. Knocked on the door. Walked over to the garage, thought she might open the garage, and she opened the front door. And the dog got through her legs. And we yelled, Tozer, stop. And he kind of was going to turn around. Uh, he got to the street, stopped, and got hit by a car. He's all right. He's all right. Paul under the front tire, whelping, peed on the floor, told the lady, please, you know, back up, grabbed the dog. She took him to the vet. I went to uh, India for my brother here, and uh, he's fine. But after, but it's crazy because I had that dream a couple days before. Isn't that nuts? So you, we don't know what's being held back. But I thank you guys for praying for your church and for one another because we all need protection spiritually because we don't know what enemies are at bay. And the whole world was itching to get to Israel because of the devil. And it was God restraining Egypt and those mercenaries from coming all along. They would have gone the years before if they could have, but God had them in check. And so it's a beautiful thing to walk with the Lord. You know, when we honor God, he makes even our enemies to be at peace with us. And so then Shemaiah the prophet, verse 3 or 5, came to Rehoboam, 
and uh, the leaders of Judah who were gathered together in Jerusalem because of Shishak and said to them, Thus says the Lord, You have forsaken me. And therefore I also have left you in the hand of Shishak. It's a sad verse right there. You have left me. It wasn't God that had left Rehoboam. Rehoboam left God. God will never leave us or forsake us. He never will. But we can deny him with our disobedience and face the bitter consequences. And if we are his children and we deny him, don't obey, inactivity, just ignoring him, ignoring like he exists. If he loves you, which he does, and you love him and you're his child, you know, there's a spanking coming our way. He will find ways to get us going. Maybe a trial, maybe a sickness, maybe whatever. I don't know. Sometimes he sends trials to chasten us, to wake us up and get us back on the right path. But he will never leave us or forsake us. But we can deny him with our disobedience and face the consequences. So the leaders of Israel and the king humbled themselves. They said, the Lord is righteous. You know, it took an army to go through their fortifications. Shishak is eating all of (laughs) Rehoboam's uh, storehouses. Good stuff. And he's coming in. They're knocking on Jerusalem's door. And it took that to wake them up, a trial, to show them that they're not in charge of their lives like they thought they were. Either God's going to be in the driver's seat or we are. And they are yielding to God. They are yielding to the, what the prophet has said to them. We're gonna, we're, they humbled themselves. Amazingly. You have the Levites in town, the priests in town, loving on God, praying for their king, no doubt, and they made the right decision. They humbled themselves before the Lord. In verse 7 it says, Now when the Lord saw that they humbled themselves, the word of the Lord came to Shemaiah, saying, They have humbled themselves, therefore I will not destroy them, but I will grant them some deliverance. My wrath shall not be poured out on Jerusalem by the hand of Shishak. Nevertheless, they will be his servants that they may distinguish my service from the service of the kingdoms of the nations. And so they humbled themselves and God saw that. You know, God sees you when you pray. God sees you when no one sees you. When you go into your closet to pray, when you go into your room to pray and to give him that. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, he sees that. And it blesses him. So many people in the world are not doing that. And he sees that we humble ourselves to him in prayer every day. And we focus our attention on his holiness, on his throne room, on who he is, and how he's made everything around us. And we sit there and we meditate. And like Isaiah, we, are, we become undone. 
And he would say, I'm a man of unclean lips. He was undone. And if we humble ourselves every day in prayer and say, I'm undone. I don't know how to do life. I don't know how to be a good husband, a good father, a good pastor, a good Christian, a good basketball player, a good tennis player. I don't know how to do these things, Lord. You don't think I pray when I'm surfing? I do. Because I don't know what I'm doing. But God helps in everything. If we ask, if we humble ourselves, then he blesses. He blesses. He sees the humility that we're actually, when we can be doing so many other things for ourselves, that he sees that we're, we're wanting to seek him. And that's how King David got blessed by the Lord as a little lad. He learned, like, I'm out here with the sheep. What else am I going to do? He didn't have an iPad or, or an iPhone or, or uh, you know, games to play with. He had nature. Play with them rocks, nature. Play with them sticks, old school. Look up to the hills from where your help comes from. Be still and know that he is God. Now we got to fight that stuff off and we have to create a non-busy environment to seek God, don't we? Got to put stuff away, you know. So, you know, it's almost like with Moses and the sandals, right? Remove your sandals. The ground you're standing on is holy ground. It's like today the Lord would say, put your iPad away in your iPhone. The ground that you're standing on is holy ground. We can't commune if you have all this stuff in, in your mind and your head, you know. Who knows? Maybe sandals were symbolic of doing too much, <laughs> being too busy, running around. They humbled themselves. And, you know, no matter where we are tonight, you know, we can always get right with God. As long as it is still day and he has not come back for his church, we can say, Lord, forgive me. Proverbs 28, 13 says, He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. James tells us in his epistle, chapter 4, adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealousy, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he shall flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. And the beautiful thing about that is then he will lift you up. It isn't just about like humbling ourselves, but with the understanding that our loving Father will pick up your chin and forgive and just bless and meet you when we humble ourselves before him. And the Lord says, They have humbled themselves, therefore I will not destroy them, but I will grant them some deliverance. My wrath shall not be poured out on Jerusalem by the hand of Shishak. Nevertheless, they will be of servants that they may distinguish my service from the service of the kingdoms of the nations. So, so God's not granting that that king destroy them. He's, he's saying, you know what? 
I'm going to deliver you, but you're still going to become um, his servants. You know, they would have to pay tribute now to King Shishak. And God wanted them to distinguish the service between serving the Lord and seeking God and serving some king from some place on this planet. God who loves you or this king, earthly king. And he's going to show them how terrible it is of a decision to want to not seek God, to forget about his goodness and what he's done for you, how, how terrible that is to turn away from God. You know, we are either serving the Lord or we are serving someone other than the Lord. Always. Everyone is serving someone. Think about that. You might say, well, I don't have a job. I'm really not serving anybody. I don't serve the Lord. I'm not active in my Christian faith, really. I just stay at home on the couch or whatever. You're still serving someone. And it's yourself. And it's your flesh. And it's what's on the tube. People are serving so many things today their jobs, their careers, their hobbies, their money, their relationships. Everyone is serving someone. And if it's not serving the Lord, then we can never truly experience the abundant life that Christ promises his believers. Life and that much more abundantly is what he said. I came to give you life and that much more abundantly. It only comes with obedience in serving the Lord. You can, there's, if he gave peace and he gave fulfillment of peace and fulfillment of joy and fulfillment of and strength of the Holy Spirit to those who don't serve him, then they would never serve him. So I think there's a lot of people that are, that are sick, that aren't strong spiritually, and it affects them physically, mentally. They sit around wondering what it is and why it is. Because he, Jesus died on the cross. He went, he, he went to great lengths to save you and me. Not so that I wouldn't, we wouldn't serve him. I mean, what is it that people want? Jesus Savior, but not Jesus Lord. And that's the reality. We want you to save us. Heaven sounds great to us, but I'm not going to take it serious to the extent that I serve you every day. This person who does that doesn't understand what has taken place. Doesn't understand the flames that they were saved from. You, where, the, where the worm doesn't die, where there's gnashing of the teeth, where the torment of your soul is for eternity. 
He has saved you from that. You were bought with the price. Therefore, glorify God with your body and your spirit, which are his, the Bible says. So how are, you, how, how, how are those folks out there who do this going to have any peace? Why would God give them the peace that surpasses all understanding? They can talk themselves into, oh, I have it, or I have it, and I have it. Man, Christians are on the move. You know, we're sheep. Our shepherd, the shepherd of our soul, when he gets up with his staff, and he, I don't know what shepherds do, and then we all get up, and when he moves, we move. Why are some Christians moving and others are not? Because they believe their shepherd's on the move. I believe he's on the move. Nevertheless, they will be his servants that they may distinguish my service from the service of the kingdoms of this nation. I'll tell you, I worked for Caltrum, sweet people, as far as sweet people. But it sure is better working for the Lord. <laughs> you know, I had to spend a lot of time under various bosses to learn how to be a good boss, and to learn how not to be a bad boss. And there is a distinguishing factor between back there and here. God's good. Serving the Lord is good. That's what's missing in a lot of people's walk, is they're just, they got to give, you got to do something. You got to be willing to, Live up to his standards by his grace. He's got standards. He doesn't say, okay, Ryan, uh, pastors can do whatever they want, and then uh, they're the ones called to be a pastor. Look, look at look at what it says in, in the pastoral epistles. He's got standards. They're not mine. They're his. I'm not to do anything that makes you guys stumble. Right? You don't want me hanging out at bars, do you? Right? Because the Bible says I'm not to make you stumble. Right? I mean, you know, it's not that I'm legalistic. I won't go to hell if I have a drink, but I won't have a drink because I care about making others stumble. And I grew up on beer. Well, at least from 14 and on. I grew, did you say Corona? <laughs> But yeah, I grew up on it. So if anyone can say it's just one beer, it's me. But I can't. Because it's about souls now. It ain't about my my tastes, my palate. The Bible says the tongue is a, is a is small, right? When it comes to talking bad and stuff, but it it also has a you know, palate, tastes. You know, for a crust of bread, a man will transgress. Show no partiality in judgment, the Bible says. I'll tell you. Let me see. You know, serving God, drinking. Serving God, it's on our application. Because we don't want to make people stumble 
because when they stumble and when their families are all messed up, they ain't going to call you. They're going to call the pastor. And we've dealt with it and all the drama and all the, well, what happened? How did you backslide? Where did it begin? You know, I don't know how I got into that. But anyways, um, serving, that's why. Pastor Chuck Smith said, the, the longer I walk with Jesus, the more restrictive I become. Because he didn't want to let people, he didn't want to make people stumble. Didn't want to hurt people. Now there's pastors that are talking about partaking and stuff. You know, not caring about people's feelings. And I think Christianity is caring about people's feelings and, and when, when they're made to stumble. Especially if you're serving the Lord. You should be willing to sacrifice a little bit since he bled out on the cross. Just a little bit. Um, so, Shishak, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem and took away the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house. He took everything. He also carried away the gold shields which Solomon had made. Then King Rehoboam made bronze shields in their place and committed them to the hands of of the captains of the guard who guarded the doorway of the king's house. And whenever the king entered the house of the Lord, the guard would go bring them out and then they would take them back into the guard room. When he humbled himself, the wrath of the Lord returned from him so as not to destroy him completely. And things also went well in Judah. And so he humbled himself, but, but King Shishak took so much of the wealth that there wasn't enough gold to replace those gold shields. He had to use bronze. They cleaned that out. Like God giveth and God can take it away, right? So whatever we have, it's been given to you by God's grace. Honor God and you'll hold on to it. Don't honor God and he'll... Sister uh, Helen told me, God will get his money from us one way or the other. That's not me. That, that was Sister Helen, you can say. That was a good one. God will get his money one way or the other. Eee! All right. <laughs> so uh, let me finish up. So, Thus King Rehoboam strengthened himself in Jerusalem and reigned. Now Rehoboam was 41 years old when he became king, and he reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city which the Lord had chosen out of all the tribes of Israel to put his name there. His mother's name was uh, Nema, uh, Ammonitus, and he did evil because he did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord, which happens to the best of us when we don't prepare our heart to seek the Lord. The acts of Rehoboam, first and last, are they not written in the book of Shemaiah the prophet and of Ido the seer concerning genealogies? And there were wars between Rehoboam and Jeroboam all their days. So Rehoboam rested with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. Then Abijah, his son, reigned in his place. Amen? Father, we thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. You are so good to us, Lord. We need your help. That's for sure. To keep seeking you, no matter 
where we are at in our journey, whether we have very little things or whether you, we, you give us a lot of things, whether we have few responsibilities or a lot of responsibilities, help us to seek you daily, to learn how to be responsible when you bless us, to continue the dis- discipline that you've taught us throughout the years and to never forget your law. And while all heads are bowed, if there's anybody here needs to give their life to Jesus' life, I want to give you an opportunity. Is there anybody here? Is there anybody here? Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We adore.